Bible before we're seated. It will be the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for the singing and the music, musicians. Hallelujah. Beginning with verse 33, or 23 rather, of chapter 11. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye... As oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now watch. Watch. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now watch. Don't leave me yet. Watch. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Don't leave. Stay here. For this cause, or because of this, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The subject does not change, verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. God bless you. You may be seated. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Hallelujah. The 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul tackles with the congregation at Corinth a major, major subject relative to church government, church operation, church success. The success of the church is contingent upon this topic. If you study the entire 11th chapter, of 1 Corinthians, you'll find that the real subject is submission. 
the real subject is what we're going to submit ourselves to, what we're going to be a part of, what we're going to be subject to, and what kind of covering do we expect to have or to take, or what do we reject as our covering in the church. Now, it may sound like an entire oversimplification, but that's the subject matter That's why in the first part, now, I wish I could preach the first part of the 11th chapter of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians to you tonight, instead of the last part. Because even it comes up with some revealing and shocking realities. That this passage, do you find it amazing that outward appearance and outward conduct and even the ladies' adornment of their hair and the men's adornment of their hair is the subject that Paul predicates being subject to the Lord to the extent that you can drink His blood and eat His body. Because it's all about who am I willing to submit to? What am I willing to be subject to? Now, time does not allow me to go into all the angles and avenues of we don't believe as a church body that there should ever be abuses in a home, in a marriage, in a family. And we're talking about physical abuse, sexual abuse, harassment, the whole shot. When you come to the Lord, you need to sell yourself out to God. And, and man, I had to pray even in this service. When you was asking us to raise your hand, do we believe God's going to save our lost loved ones? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, who are you praying for? You're lost sometimes. I mean, the Holy Ghost said that to me right here tonight. Because when I lose my hope, when I lose my grip, when my attitude gets unsurly, I'm not wanting to see the Lord right then. And submission to God takes all of those areas in. I can't stand up here tonight and because I have a title or some emeritus function toward this congregation and pretend I never have trouble with me. I've never met a man that causes me more problems in living right than this one does. Oh, wretched man that I am. And, and really, I can't preach communion service tonight. Pastor already preached it Sunday night because if we get faith and forgiveness mixed together, then we get submitted to the Lord and then we can do this. It may be an oversimplification, but if you want the covering of God in your life, in your business, in your home, in your family, and could I just stop right here and say, I don't want to face our world without the help of God. I don't want you to try to raise your family. And I'm concerned for my children and grandchildren and yours if we don't have the help of God in our lives. And the only way we ensure the help of God is if we keep 
a strong covering in our life. Now we can start at the top and work our way to the bottom and say, God's the covering of the church and the church is the covering for the congregation and the pastor's the covering for the saints and the husband's the covering for the wife and the wife has to be covered as in the angels, etc., etc. And I would like to come back to that some night and deal with that strictly from a scriptural standpoint. I'd love to. Tonight, I don't think we're ready for that. We're ready for communion. But the whole package gets us ready for being subject to a covering, which is God. Hey, I don't want how I treat my wife to cause God to take His covering off of me. And the right way to say that is I don't want to mistreat my wife, in any fashion, that would cause the Lord to yank the covering away from my... I need the covering. That's why as a husband, I need to treat my wife properly. Because I need the covering of God. And God's not real fond of taking care of me if I'm mistreating the one that's supposed to be submissive and subject to me. Whether that's in word or deed or conversation or conduct, or however. I cannot, I can't afford that risk. I need the covering of the Lord. Amen. Ladies, you need the covering of God. That's why you need to be willing to submit yourself, not only to God, but to a godly head. In order for me to keep my covering, I've got to make sure that I don't, that I don't, violate God and violate the house of God by coming in here and trying to prophesy or pray with my head covered. Everything about me has got to be transparent. It's got to be naked in the sight of God. See, Adam and Eve, if you go all the way back to the garden, before they wore clothes, before God gave them skins of animals, to cover the leaves that they tried to improvise because Satan infiltrated them, polluted them, and they said, we're naked and we're ashamed. They didn't even realize they were naked as long as they had the covering of God. That's why young converts, God's been waking us up night after night after night since this fast and prayer. And we've been praying for the unborn and the babies and the ones that's going to come in and the ones that are are here and young people and, and, and we're praying for that because babies aren't like adults. Babies don't understand like adults. And in a service like this tonight, we need to understand as committed, old time, long Christ serving Christians. You don't put everything on a new convert that you've come to understand and agree with and believe and accept. And even if it's right, they don't have to eat the whole bale at once. That's what it's talking about. I have to keep transparent before the Lord. So I don't, in other words, let me just say it very simply. When you get ready to preach, take your hat off. For me, I need to come down. My hat is, I need to come down from any lofty perch of believing that I can say or do anything that 
that validates me. I am nothing without the validation of the Spirit. Oh, God. Tonight makes me know this. I can't die for you. My blood can't cleanse you. As a minister of the gospel and a long time officiant in, officiant in this congregation, I care about you very much. But I can do nothing more than if I have some possible play in presenting you to the Lord at the judgment. That's all I can do. But in this service tonight, I can tell you the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. The body that was broken for you can make a difference. Hallelujah. Obviously, you can tell that there's much more there that I'd like to say. Do you understand there's much more there? Do I have permission to move on from that point? Can I move on from that point and tell you that one of the biggest constrictions and restrictions we feel in a service like this is honest, sincere, believing people that are fearful that I might not be worthy to take this. I want to take it. I believe you're right, Pastor. I, I, I feel it with you that the reason some are not here is they say, I don't want to make the wrong choice and I don't want to take this and not be worthy of it. Well, wake up. Every one of us are unworthy of this. We can't ever be worthy in the flesh to do. But the Bible didn't say we have to be worthy. It said don't do it unworthily. That's a different word. That's a different meaning altogether. Unworthy is when you just walk in stomping in over the blood, over the forgiveness, over the mercy and saying, I'm unsubmitted, I'm unsubjected, I don't care who knows it. I'm going to blame well, do whatever I desire, and nobody's going to stop me. And bless God, preacher, if you try to change me, I'll punch you out. I think you might order. Wait till next year. See what I'm saying? Now, it, for those of you who are or new, or young, or unfamiliar. There's nobody in here that, that feels like that. That's an exaggeration. That's an extremity. I'm doing that for an example. Everybody in here says, God, I want to be worthy. I know I've done wrong in the last 12 months. Man, is there anybody? No, let's, let's, not, let's not put it on the women. Is there any man in here that feels like you can stand up right now and say, I haven't done anything wrong for 12 months? If you can, stand up right now. I'd like to look at you. Yeah, I think probably that's as honest as we're ever going to get. There you go. Is there anybody brave enough or vulnerable enough or maybe weak enough with me to say, yes, I need him every day. Yes, I need His forgiveness tonight. Yes, I have to have... I want your mercy. I want your grace. I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it without you. Not for one day. Hey, if that's you, 
You need communion. Because you know what communion is intended for? To cause struggling people who do examine themselves, who do have an eye on how I live, what I do, what my attitude is, how I need to change, how I need the Lord to move into me and make me fresh and new and different and, and, and a Christian. Sometimes I'm not a real good Christian. Now, it's not confession. I'm not in the confession booth. I'm just saying. It really helps, Pastor, when preachers are Christians. Could I get amen to that from the congregation? It really is helpful when the preachers are Christians. Because when preachers don't act, I'm talking about under duress. I'm talking about when life deals you what you don't. But you'll never examine yourself and change until you accept your own baggage and become responsibility, become responsible for what you are and who you are. As long as you're saying no, like Adam, it's that woman you gave. As long as you're saying, no, it's this, that, or the... No, no. None of us are worthy. You're not ever going to be worthy. But you're not eating and drinking unworthily when you accept responsibility for you and say, Lord, I'm still working on me, and you're still working on me. And I need your help, and I need your blood to cover me. And I need your body which was broken for me for my salvation. I don't need to miss this. See, what people don't realize, let me preach to the empty seats just for a moment. What people who did not come tonight don't realize is this is the very thing that would help them overcome. That's why you can't miss it. This is the very thing that will help you be an overcomer. Now watch, I'm going to show you this in the... Scripture, and then I'm going to turn this back to Brother Sharon to serve us. It doesn't tell us how often to do this. Some churches do it every week. I'm not going to condemn them. I'm not going to criticize them. We don't choose. We don't happen to be a part of a government philosophy that chooses to do it that often. Could we do it more often than we do? Yes, if we decided we could. Are we... Failing God or making a mistake before God to do this only annually? I don't think so. I think that, that, that it's important and it's sacred. And I don't think anybody's taking this lightly. How many of you would slip your hand up and say, It's not light to me, Pastor. It's important to me. This is part of what I've been fasting and praying about. Don't let me drink damnation into my spirit. I'm going to break your handcuffs on that one tonight. I'm going to cut your chain tonight on that. Because the Lord has dealt with me in that very area. Your key to not being condemned is self-examination. When you examine and confess, if we confess our faults, He's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Acts. When you examine yourself and confess, 
then it goes under the blood. Wait. Wait. What are we serving? We're serving the blood. We're serving the body. When you examine yourself before you come up here tonight and confess to God, there are many needs in my life I need to change and I need help. When you tip that cup up to your mouth, you're covering everything you confessed with His blood. there because because getting blessed and going off in tongues yeah it edifies me but right now what I need to do is edify you through the word I want the word to edify when you take the blood of Jesus Christ into your body tonight the things you've been battling with you're getting covered your hopelessness your lost grip your lost faith your lost sight I just can't see my future. I don't know. Where do I go from here, God? You're going to get that under the blood. Because He was broken for you. He bled for you. Hallelujah. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, because he doesn't discern what the body of Christ is for. He doesn't discern the purpose of the body. We're discerning the purpose of the body right now. Right in this minute, discernment is working in you. You're saying, I didn't see it like that, Bishop, before tonight. I do need the blood to cover some things in my life. I do have to have the blood of the Lord. I do need the body of Christ. When we don't discern the body, it causes us to be spiritually unhealthy. Now, I don't want any show of hands on this. But there are people among us that the past year's not been a good year for them serving the Lord. It's been a tough year for them serving the Lord. I'm not talking about life happening. Life's always going to happen. Stuff's always going to happen. But I'm talking about it hadn't been a... You don't feel like you're closer to God than you were 12 months ago. You don't feel like you're a better overcomer today than you were last month or last week or at some point in your past. And if that's your case, you need the blood of the Lord. You need to get that under the blood. I don't need to let my past failures strip me of my future promise. I need the blood to cover me so I get my promise back. Touch some neighbor and tell them, I want my promise back. I want to inherit the promises. Now watch. Now watch. I'm speeding. I'm trying to hurry. Many are weak, sickly among you. They're sick saints. They're weak saints. Many of them have fallen into a spiritual slumber. I don't even want to use the backslidden term, but that can happen to you if you don't stay covered. God help us to not be a backsliding church. Let's keep covered by the blood. And the way we keep covered by the blood and we don't become a backsliding church is. Verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Pastor, I can't judge anybody else here tonight. I can't even judge my wife. I live with her. I love her. 
hey, I want this church to know she's the best thing that's happened to me in recent time and maybe for all time. She's put happiness back in my heart. She's put hope back in our home. She's put life back in what we're doing. I'm thankful for her. But I can't judge her and I don't want to judge her. But I can judge me. Pastor, I stand open and judging myself tonight that I want you to know and I want this church to know I've not done everything for God I can do and that I'm going to do because life's still unfolding. And I still plan to do more. I still plan to get better. I still plan to serve in other ways. But I'm going to tell you something else. I don't aim to be surly. I don't aim to be selfish. I don't aim to be happy. I don't aim to sit around and complain and criticize everybody. I'm going to be a productive old man that does the work for God. I'm judging myself in that way. What you need to do is judge yourself. I'm going to be better and not bitter. I'm going to do more and not less. I'm going to be happy and hearty and healthy and do the work of God. Amen. Amen. Nobody else can judge you in that respect. But when we are judged, verse 32, we're chastened of the Lord. Now see, the Lord heard me judge myself. So he's going to knock some knots off of my stump. He's going to cut some blemishes off of my statuette. Hey, I may as well get ready for it. When I pray, purge me that I may bring forth more fruit. He's going to tear my motor down and work it over. But if I'll just be patient with it all, my motor will run better when he gets it built back. I'll purr like a 327 instead of rattle like a rod knocking. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not, and this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you, You need to judge yourself. You need to examine yourself. Because if you come into this service and take this blood and this body, even less than perfect, you're not condemned with the world in so doing because you examine yourself. Because you judge yourself. So you don't have an out because you say, well, I'm not perfect. No, that's why you need to get covered by the blood. You don't have an out because you say, well, there's still many things in my life that I need to get under the blood. No, that's what it's about, getting it under the blood. And that's why, wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Pastor's coming back. We're going to be prayed over. We're going to be served communion. And if you've got a a burr in your life, get it under the blood. Examine it. Confess it. If you've got an attitude that needs adjusting, confess it. Get it under the blood. If we examine ourselves and judge ourselves, then we're not condemned With the world. If somebody walks in here blatant, flagrant, sinful of the world and takes this, 
in the Old Testament, it was a death sentence. But even the Old Testament, mercy was found for David when he confessed, I'm not worthy, but I'm so needy. My need is so great. That's what that story was about. I'm starving to death. I've got to have some unleavened bread and a cup. I'm so needy. No, I'm not worthy, but I'm needy. Is there anybody? Oh, no, I'm not asking that. You might raise your hand. But I'm telling you, I may not be worthy, but I'm needy. I may not be worthy, but the need's there. So I examine myself. Right now, close your eyes. Right now, go to the throne. Right now, go back to Calvary. You may not be a complete uh, uh, similitude of everything a Christian is or everything a Christian wants to be, but don't bag out. Don't bag off because you say, I'm not all I want to be. No, nor am I, but I'm not what I once was either. I'm more than I used to be too, and I'm going to get it under the blood. I'm going to get it under the blood. Thank you, Lord. Continue to spend a few moments in self-examination. As you prepare your hearts to receive His blood and His body. God, I receive Your Word tonight, God. I receive Your Word tonight, God, with with great confidence in You. God, not in myself and who I am, but who You are tonight, Jesus. I pray that You would allow each one of us that is here tonight, God, that have received Your Word, that have received Your Word tonight, God, that You would allow us to prepare our hearts through self-examination. God, I pray that You would prepare me, God that you would cleanse me, that you would help me. I am in need from you tonight, Lord. I'm not what I need to be, but I need you to help me to be that which you desire for me to be. It's going to happen, God, through that which we're about to do. I believe that it will, Father. I believe that when I receive it tonight, God, that it's going to make a difference, that the blood is going to make a difference, that that body that I received that was broken, Lord, that it's going to make a difference. I receive that tonight with faith, Lord. I praise your name, Jesus. I praise your name, Jesus. I praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just spend a moment in thanksgiving for His Word that's helped us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has helped us, Lord, that has prepared us to come to this place, God. It's prepared us to receive from your body and your blood that which will be which we need so desperately tonight. God, I know that your word has helped us. I praise you for it, Father. I praise you for it, Father. Bishop, if you would, Sister Sharon, come with Bishop. uh, I want to serve Bishop and his wife, and then we're going to... Allow them to partake and pray for them. And then Bishop is going to serve my wife and uh, family. And then we'll ask that the church would pray for us. And then at that point, uh, we'll instruct you as to come and to receive uh, communion. So.